Hey, it's Ryan Reynolds, and I'm here with Keith, co-star of my upcoming film, If, only in theaters May 17th. Do you want to tell people the big news? All right, I'll do. Sign up now and you'll get unlimited for $15 a month in six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan on us. Mintmobile.com slash switch. Upfront payment of $45 equivalent to $15 per month. Unlimited over 40 gigabytes per month. Face lower speeds. Videos at 480p. Active Mint customers by 531.24 get six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan. Auto renews after six months. Offer ends May 31st, 2024. Separate Paramount Plus registration required. Terms and conditions apply if rated PG. She described dancing with you and you profusely sweating. (laughs) And that she went on to have bath, there's a, there's possibly. A, there's a slight problem with 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 with, with the sweating um, because uh, I, I have a peculiar medical condition, which is that I don't sweat, um, or I didn't sweat at the time, and that was oh, was she? Yes, I didn't sweat at the time because I um, ha- had suffered what I would describe as an overdose of adrenaline in the Falklands War when I was shot at. Uh, and I simply, it, it, was, it, was, it was almost impossible for me to, to, to sweat. Hi there, and welcome to Royals. It's the only podcast that goes behind the walls of Buckingham Palace. My name is Zoe Burrell, and I'm a writer about all things royal at New Idea magazine and your host for today. And I'm Angela Mollard. I'm a journalist, an author, and a proud royal expert. And today on the show, well... Let's be honest, we can't talk about anything else but that Prince Andrew interview, can we? That's absolutely right. In fact, Prince Charles and Camilla are in New Zealand. Not that you'd ever know it, would you? Because nobody's interested. There's only one thing they're interested in, and that's um, the third son of the Queen. That couldn't have happened because the date that is being suggested, I was at home with the children. So let's get straight into it then, Ange. Why did he do the interview? Well, he says that he wanted people to see the character that he was and that he wanted to refute some of these claims. But, oh, my gosh, this is the most misguided, delusional, catastrophic interview with a member of the royal family that I have ever seen. And I was in London during the Panorama interview that Diana did and, of course, the moment when Prince Charles told Jonathan Dimbleby that he had been unfaithful to Diana. Those interviews were nothing on this. I mean... It's staggering. So, yes, his reason for doing it was to clear the air. I mean, it would have been going on this story for months and months and months. Of course, Jeffrey Epstein's death had caused the attention to be refocused on Andrew. But from where I sit, there's only two reasons that you would really do it. And one of those reasons is that you had definite answers to all of the questions that were raised so that the the public at large could actually be satisfied that you weren't involved, that you were completely innocent. and And, you know, at this stage, we're only talking about allegations about Prince Andrew. The second reason is that you think that by doing an interview, you're going to come across as a decent, honourable man of high integrity, you know, that you haven't been able to get your personality across. Either of those reasons are reasonable reasons for doing it. Unfortunately, that was not the outcome in any way, shape or form. He came across as pompous, arrogant, deeply out of touch. In fact, a friend of mine who's a journalist in in England just said, oh my God, 1973, the man hasn't moved on. And I think that's exactly, I mean, if you watch it from start to finish, the whole feeling I get with Andrew, he's, he's not actually that intelligent. He he finds it very hard to sort of select the right word to describe things. He sort of sounds like he's very mollycoddled by a team of people as opposed to an independent and free thinking individual himself. I mean, some of the things that come up in the 
this interview are extraordinary. And he's he's effectively dug himself into a, a hole. The tabloids in the UK have just gone nuts on this. They are declaring it a car crash of, as I say, catastrophic proportions. And I honestly do not know how his reputation will ever recover. And do you think that the Queen approved of this interview or did he kind of just go off on his own? Look, this is really interesting. He said that the Queen had approved of it. But I think that in, in, in the uh, ensuing days, it's what's come out is that the Queen was aware of it. She didn't necessarily approve of it. And certainly Prince Charles wasn't told until the last minute. What I think is really interesting, Zoe, is that this interview took place at Buckingham Palace. Now, for it to do that, that's almost like it being endorsed by the Queen. And the fact that Andrew insisted that it did take place then, which is not where he lives. He lives over in Windsor, near the Sussexes. Suggests to me that he wants the endorsement of the royal family and the monarchy and the brand that 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 is to sort of give him credibility. Emily Matlis was phenomenal. But just quite why, you know, we don't know why he did it. We can only presume why he did it. But yes, as for the Queen, I think she would just have her head in her hands at the moment. While she can approve things, there's a lot of leeway in royal life for people to actually, you know, her her children and other members of the royal family to do what they want to do. I think going forward, I think the royal family need to remember one thing, and that is if you are putting the monarchy and sex together in the same sentence, you need to think very carefully about whether that's the track you want to go down because (laughs) it never leaves, you know, it, it never works out for them. It was not something that was becoming of a member of the royal family. And we try and uphold the um, highest standards of, and practices and I let the side down. Simple as that. Going back to the interview, what were the biggest moments? Look, the interviewer did a very good job of taking him through the whole thing. The things that stood out for me were the sort of clumsy, nonsensical claims that he made. You know, what we hoped to get from this interview was some degree of uh, common sense around the holes or some reason, some some sort of clear thinking. And all it did, I think, was leave us with an impression that Atru really didn't know what he was doing and that he was uh, naive at its best and potentially uh, guilty of, you know, alleged criminal behaviour at worst. But I think what I took from it was, uh, you know, the key thing is he showed no sympathy whatsoever for Epstein's victims and now this is a convicted sexual offender and he at no stage he I mean he used that word that the behavior was unbecoming honestly unbecoming means you're a bit impolite this is a man that had trafficked girls and had been convicted for it and for him to not have chosen his words better in respect to that I think was just gobsmacking me out of touch hey, look it's all come back to haunt him. One of Epstein's accusers, Virginia Roberts, yeah. has made allegations against you. She says she met you in 2001. She says she dined with you, danced with you at Tramp Nightclub in London. She went on to have sex with you in a house in Belgravia belonging to Gerlin Maxwell, your friend. Your response? I have no recollection of ever meeting this lady because he's, he came out with two things. One was that he said he couldn't possibly have had sex as um, Virginia Roberts uh, Joffrey has said because she painted a picture of him at Tramp Nightclub sweating, buying her a drink. 
Now, he coming back to that saying, well, I don't sweat because I was injured in the Falklands War and I have this special condition where I don't sweat. He also said he didn't usually show public displays of affection and he wasn't particularly amorous when it came to, to women. And then he also went on to say that when he was in London, he would only wear a suit and tie. He wouldn't be seen in fairly casual clothes. Now, of course, multiple outlets have have flooded their, you know, digitally and in print, uh, pictures of Prince Andrew with women. I mean, this is a man that was called Randy Andy through the 80s and 90s <laughs> and earlier. So there's pictures everywhere now of him, A, sweating, B, not wearing a suit and tie in London, and C, with his arms around all over and, um, you know, uh, fairly, he looks... Uh, quite lascivious with uh, multiple women. So look, you know, what he was hoping to gain from being so specific, I don't know. I think very, very misguided. Um, he also said, I never really partied. And then, of course, we've seen multiple pictures of him, of him partying. Look, what I took away from it is that he's actually not that smart. He wasn't nuanced. He didn't sort of have a, even his language was, was sort of stuck in, you know, half a century ago. And I think this is, you know, this has come to pass uh, later this week, because now there's claims of racism against him by a writer in the Evening Standard, a, a, a former Downing Street staffer has come out and said that he used the N-word uh, in a conversation with him and that he also used a really a backward colonial phrase to suggest the superiority of white people. Now, it's too long to go into to explain the context of all of that, except to say that Andrew comes out of it very poorly uh, and, frankly, as a racist. So none of the optics on this are very good. And, you know, I just do not know how you recover your reputation from this. As we know, his main charity, the Prince at Palace, and in fact, a friend of mine has actually pitched to him uh, is part of this uh, this charity. And what it, what it does is you t he, take, he and Fergie work together on this and they take ideas from the public and then they match those people sort of with their ideas or their initiative and usually in technology or the educational social sector. And they match them with investors who will effectively bankroll their projects. Now, the main sponsor of that program has pulled out this week. So the future, not just of Andrew as a member of the royal family, but as Andrew as a businessman or as a philanthropist, is looking decidedly shaky. Of course, speaking of your family, though, we know that his ex-wife, Fergie, she's always kind of supported him, hasn't she, even through this? She has, and she's done that again. She's still, you know, she, just within hours of this interview going out, she's talked about him being a, you know, a very principled man. Look, I would be saying he was principled too if he was paying for the roof over my head. You have to remember that <laughs> Fergie, at times in the past, hasn't had a two pennies to rub together. And she, look, one, what I would say is that she and Andrew do have a very. Um, long-standing close friendship uh since their marriage they live in the same house they're very unified for their girls uh and you know they really are in every sense a family so it doesn't surprise me that she's supporting him that said uh you know she's been in 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 trouble herself for on multiple occasions for making poor decisions around you know a, a, a being a um sort of uh, member of the royal family or on the outskirts of the royal family. And so I think her, nobody's going to say, oh, you know, oh, Fergie's endorsing him, so he must be fine. I mean, she's not exactly a um, credible supporter herself, uh, which is, you know, interesting. But I think, look, it, it, it be 
I think the timing is very critical in so much that Beatrice, of course, their daughter, their eldest daughter, is getting married next year. You would fully expect that Prince Andrew, just as he did with Princess Eugenie, would will walk her daughter, his daughter up the aisle. Um, but right at the moment, the cloud that hangs over this man is, uh, you know, I just don't think that they can they can go ahead with those plans at the moment. There needs to be some breathing space or something needs to fall in his favour, which, you know, there's no suggestion that anything will in the, in the short term. The investigation is still underway and we don't yet know what part he might play in that. And, I mean, we've already seen quite a lot of, differing feedback in the media about the interview. How do you kind of think it compares to Diana's Panorama interview? Well, it's interesting, isn't it? Because those were both very shocking, both Diana's Panorama interview and Prince Charles's revelations to Jonathan Dimbleby. And, of course, you'll remember that that was the moment that he acknowledged that he had had an affair with with, um, Camilla, as he put it, after the marriage had irretrievably broken down. Um, But I think, look, they didn't hurt anyone else. This was uh, they, those were interviews about their own private life and the fact that they had both had affairs. And yes, it was huge at the time. We didn't have members of the royal family talking about affairs, but an affair is a different proposition to sexual tra- trafficking of underage women. And look, I think the you know, as we've said multiple times, these are simply allegations about Andrew, but he could not explain why he was in a photograph with Virginia Roberts Geoffrey. He couldn't explain why she was saying that they had had sex on three occasions. It smacked him in sincerity. How is it that he could remember that he took his daughter to a pizza restaurant and yet he couldn't remember meeting you know meeting or being with a young woman why would you remember that so specifically why would you remember a, a pizza express birthday and being at home because going to pizza express in woking is an unusual thing for me to do and I, why this is so much more damaging than either of those interviews is that you know these these could lead to criminal charges and you know there's already been criminal charges against Epstein we don't know what will happen with his girlfriend and his supposed madam, the person that procured uh, girls for him, Ghislaine Maxwell. We don't know. And one thing Andrew did say in this interview was that, yes, it was through uh, Maxwell, who was the, who's the daughter of a, of a newspaper, of a former newspaper proprietor in the UK. He did, you know, confirm and, and wax lyrically about that friendship. Uh, but, yes, a huge lack of judgment on his part, multiple times in having the friendship with Epstein in the first place. I mean, he, he he basically was just networking. In the second place, you know, after the man was convicted, he continued that friendship with them. Another lack of judgment is doing this interview. I mean, it, he's so poorly advised. I think what's really interesting, Zoe, is that two he, uh, he had two advisors um, on this, and one of them... Uh, was very strongly suggesting, this is Amanda Thirsk, that he do the interview. And then a guy called Jason Stein, who only came on board a few weeks ago or months ago, had said, absolutely not, do not on any terms do this interview. And in fact, Jason left the um, employment of Prince Andrew's staff because he so strongly disagreed with this, the interview. I mean, that man has got to be the number one PR in, in, in England at the moment, doesn't he? He won't have any trouble getting a job because his foresight was spot on. And finally, though, I'm so curious, 
what do you think will happen from here for Andrew? Yeah, look, it's really interesting to say to see. I think what happens legally in the US will will be interesting. One lawyer has come out and said that he's now foregone his diplomatic immunity that in being a witness to this case uh, he didn't officially have to give any kind of statement look whether he's subpoenaed and has to give evidence we don't yet know that but certainly in terms of his standing in the royal family and how he is now being seen publicly you know his reputation is in strips what I think is interesting is it's been suggestions that when Prince Charles takes over from the Queen there's uh, been a lot of commentary around the fact that will he strip Andrew of his royal duties? Charles is already and has been in discussions with the Queen's, Queen for at least a decade about streamlining the royal family so that there's fewer members of the family that are actually in paid positions, that they have their own roles, they have their own jobs, and that the public purse is is not funding the work that they do. And, and I think that's a very good point. You know, how many members do you need actually shaking hands and pressing the flesh and, and doing charitable things? Of course, you need the monarch and then you need the, the next in line to the throne. But do you need, you know, the eighth, ninth, tenth in line of the throne uh, actually with a royal role and I think the questions and suggestion that Charles himself who has never had a good relationship with Andrew they they're sort of the of the four children those are the, they're the two that don't get along and in fact Andrew has always been the queen's favorite son yet the suggestion that he may strip him of his royal duties could very much happen unfortunately that brings us to the end of the podcast for today so thank you so much for sharing your thoughts on that interview Ange Thanks, Zoe. It's, well, I hope it's not one we're talking about um, for a while yet. I'm pretty sure we'll be talking about this one again. I'm sure. <laughs> and thank you to everyone for listening today. For more on the Royals, please go to newidea.com.au or our Facebook page, New Idea Royals. And of course, don't forget to pick up a copy of New Idea Royals Monthly on sale now. Ever catch yourself eating the same flavorless dinner three days in a row? Dreaming of something better? Well, HelloFresh is your guilt-free dream come true, baby. It's me, Kiki Palmer. Let's wake up those taste buds with hot, juicy pecan-crusted chicken or garlic-butter shrimp scampi. Mm. Hello Fresh. Stop dreaming of all the delicious possibilities and dig in at HelloFresh.com. Let's get this dinner party started. 